Extra, extra, read all about it. Jim Leonard staying with the Wisconsin Badgers as defensive coordinator. Oh, wait, that's not the case at all. Rowdy, uh, some people got egg on their face. Big J journalism is uh, probably going to be tested a little bit today as Jim Leonard has made his announcement of what he is going to do. And it is the exact opposite of everything the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel had said. Jim Leonard not staying. He is going to be done with the Wisconsin Badgers after the guaranteed rate bowl on, what is that, December 27th against Oklahoma State. Rowdy, first of all, uh, I can report that it's a it's morning, right? Good good morning. That's a correct report. Yes. Yeah, it is, and it's dark and foggy out. But also, <laughs> what a what a tough scene for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I think they took more L's in a row here in this little stretch than the Packers did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, I just Jim Leonard. It is official. Jim Leonard went and tweeted it out. Uh, quote. It has meant the world to me to be able to be uh, pour my heart and soul into the UW football program over the last seven years. After discussions with my family and Coach Fickle, I will remain the defensive coordinator through the bowl game, but no longer be a part of the staff after the conclusion of the 2022 season. It has been an honor to coach these young men, and thank you to all the fans who supported us along the way. On Wisconsin, Jim Leonard. Yeah, I don't think they could actually be more wrong if they tried. <laughs> Especially in the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty tough. So you look at what happened here with, uh, I guess, one individual, Jeff Patrikas in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He did take to Twitter last night during the uh, midst of the Badger game was taken on the Maryland Terrapins and said, uh, I got it wrong. Apologies. That was that was it. Uh, got I saw lot, some of the replies. <laughs> got a lot wrong, actually. Got well. I mean, let's go through the timeline a little bit, Rowdy. First, it was first it was reported. Uh, let's see here. First, it was reported that Jim Leonard was going to indeed be the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. But well, that uh, was incorrect. What happened a day later? Luke Fickle was hired, correct? And then it was well, Luke Fickle is going to get what six million dollars. What did Luke Fickle ended up getting, Rowdy? 7.8 on average. And then it went from, well, Jim Leonard's, my sources tell me, confirmed he's coming back to be Wisconsin defensive coordinator. And what just happened yesterday, Rowdy? Well, he's taking his talents elsewhere after the bowl game. <laughs> wow. Uh, absolutely crazy of how uh, someone and some entity could get it just literally so wrong. Well, here it is. It's official, though, from the horse's mouth himself. Jim Leonard Rowdy, not a Wisconsin Badgers of the guaranteed rate bowl. Are you surprised? Not really. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I was happy when I saw the first initial report saying that Jim Leonard was going to stay. I was like, oh, nice. Like they, they were able to bring in Luke Fickle. He's able to bring in some of his top defensive guys, and they're going to keep Jim Leonard. Wow, what a home run for the Wisconsin Badgers. <laughs> But in reality, Jim Leonard's not coming back. I, I understand it. I totally understand. Like, I, I if get I'm it. him, I wouldn't want to be at Madison either, especially if I wanted the head coaching job and I was essentially a part of the last regime that has now been replaced. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't want to be there either, especially if I wanted the job and I it, I was told it was my job and then I got picked over at the last second, like, I probably wouldn't want to be there either. I wouldn't want to be there either because I would be so, I guess, perturbed of how I was treated out, you know, out the door. Now, Jim Leonard, you know, started as defensive coordinator, what, 2017. Uh, really, you know, worked his way up the ranks, interim head coach uh, in October. And everyone wanted Jimmy to be that coach, man. Everyone thought Jimmy was going to be that coach. Hell, we had players like Braylon Allen, uh, you know, hashtagging it out there that, you know, Jim Leonard for head coach. Well, Jim Leonard... He was your interim coach for a while, and now he's going to be gone. But on the Braylon Allen front, a guy that said, if Jim Leonard's here, I'm going to be here. Uh, we all thought maybe that Braylon Allen would be going elsewhere, if, you know, depending on how Jim Leonard was treated. Well, Rowdy, Braylon Allen, not in the transfer portal. If uh, you look at his social media accounts, he had 
you know, him, don't trust anyone but me. Well, on his Twitter account, he said his sources, a.k.a. him, said he's, he is a badger. And then on Instagram, it was a picture of him in a, you know, his, uh, you know a little uh, suit and, you know, getting ready for game day. And it said a lock with a badger on it. So it looks like Braylon Allen saying of the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, and that's good news, especially because, you know, in the past, Braylon Allen also said that he's here as long as Jim Leonard was here. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Jim Leonard's no longer here. But Braylon Allen says he's going to be here unless he's just a lock for the bowl game. <laughs> That's where Jim Leonard's last, you know, hurrah hey, is going we'll, to be. We'll see by early February how this all shakes out. Do you think, yeah, we will. Do you think Jim Leonard wants that smoke to be the, the Packers defensive coordinator or is uh, LaFleur going to hang out to Joe Barry for the rest? Jim Leonard can want whatever he wants. Clearly, Matt LaFleur doesn't have the cojones to fire Joe Barry or he'd be out the door already. Right. What a crazy couple weeks for Wisconsin sports. Absolutely wild. Especially when it comes to, I guess, people that cover this team for a living and absolutely got it wrong just in every single angle. Just crazy. Well, I guess that means uh, we're going to get some new coaching staffs in here. Well, I mean, we're already going to do that with you know Luke Fickle coming in. Well, yeah, Fickle said he left the door open for uh, Jim Leonard. It was up to Jim Leonard, and Leonard, as he had just read the statement, no mas. Do you think Wisconsin is going to regret this down the road, Rowdy, or is this like uh, – do you ever well, – not regret it, but do you think Jim Leonard would ever come back? Like like Paul Christ. I mean, Paul Christ went to Pitt. A little different storyline, I guess, but do you think Jim Leonard ever comes back? Back? I guess it all depends. Yeah, on what I does. think I think I could see Jim Leonard coming back, especially when he talks about how much he loves the place and everything like that. But the one caveat would be this regime wouldn't be in place. Yeah, like this. Not he won't be back under this regime. No, it, the only way he comes back is if he's probably the head coach, which you would have to imagine is probably. To, well, Luke uh, Luke Fickle's contract is seven years. Now he might not be here the entire seven years, but you got to imagine it's at least four to seven years away. Yeah, at a minimum. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Luke Fickle kind of uh, I wouldn't say blazed the trail for Jim Leonard, but it's that could be like on a a path that Jim Leonard is on, right? I mean, Luke Fickle got passed over by you know a certain individual at Ohio State, did he not? Now Luke Fickle never made it back to Ohio State. That's true, buddy. <laughs> He never came back. Many are saying, hey, Wisconsin could be a stepping stone for Luke Fickle. What if he leaves us in a couple years to go back to Ohio State because Ryan Day got outed? Well, I mean, if Luke Fickle's leaving us, then I would imagine Wisconsin left in a better place than it was because he would be doing very well, and Ohio State would be knocking on the door. We'll see. I'm going to enjoy the Luke Fickle era as long as it lasts here in Wisconsin because I think it is a home run uh, hit. You feel bad for Jim Leonard, but at the same time, Luke Fickle's the guy, Rowdy. Luke Fickle's exactly what you want to be leading your program for the Wisconsin Badgers. Here's the thing. It's the great unknown, though, and it's going to be something different. Something that Wisconsin's never really had before. And I do believe, and I think you can speak on this too, Rowdy, is a good thing for the Badgers. It's time to get away from the Wisconsin guy. Time to get away from the boomer ball. Time to get away from, you know, the past, you know, couple decades and blaze a new trail, right? Am I wrong in th- saying that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, equate this to baseball. Say you got a, a pitcher throwing a bunch of heat and he's starting to slow down a little bit. Maybe it's time to throw a curveball in there. <laughs> and the, you get the Luke fickle curveball coming in. So yeah. Uh, also uh, on the NCAA transfer portal, Isaac Gorendo is gone. Nelly. He is, uh, he has hit the name uh, in the portal. He is uh out the door. What do you think of uh, no no more Isaac Garendo? He had a decent year this year. I mean, didn't get hurt. We'll see you. <laughs> he didn't get hurt. Well, here's the thing. I honestly don't care that uh, that much about the portal and who's going in it. For the most part, we listed off the players that went in it yesterday. There wasn't a ton of big-time players. Really, there wasn't a ton of players that had many reps or, or playing time much at all in their entire career. Now, Isaac Grendel's played a little bit the last few years, oh, yeah. but also Isaac Grendel hasn't played as much as he could have possibly played because he was oft injured. Yep. yep. And if Braylon Allen has already committed to coming back and Ches Malusi has already committed to coming back, you already brought back your top two in your backfield. Yeah. 
And another thing is, if you really believe in Luke Fickle, and for lack of a better phrase, you believe in the process, it doesn't matter who enters the transfer portal because Luke Fickle is going to go grab his guys. He's going to work the transfer portal. He's going to re-recruit, and and he's going to bring in his team with his roster. So if you truly do believe in Luke Fickle, the only thing is keeping some of these names like Braylon Allen is just a bonus. Uh, let's see who else entered their name. Jalen Franklin, the tight end yesterday, Rowdy entered his who? name to the transfer portal. Uh, Samar Melvin. Again, who? Cornerback entered the transfer portal. And then Isaac Garendo. So there's the next three. Like your biggest names that have entered the transfer portal, in my opinion, that that truly helped this last year's team go six and six was Graham Mertz, Isaac Garendo. Yep. Like those are your top two biggest names that people would would recognize. And everyone else, you're who, right? Who? Yeah. What? Michael Ferdinand was a rotational offensive line piece that had played in the past, but had not played recently. Yeah. Okay. Everyone else has hardly played. Yeah. Good luck. You don't even know their names. <laughs> you don't. So literally, just as what, a what position Mertz. does Franklin play? Tight end. It was kind of a rhetorical question, oh, but just in general, uh, I bet most people wouldn't know. Yeah, he's got one year of eligibility remaining. Uh, Samar Melvin's got two years. Yeah. Isaac what Grendel's position does year. he play? Listener on listener violence on this show is a real thing. Yeah. Sometimes listener on host violence, sometimes host on listener violence, but usually listener on listener sometimes violence. Big Now we're getting into Big J versus Big J. Violence. What I like is Big J on Big J violence. Big J journalism versus Big J journalism. Who's the bigger J? Whose J is bigger? It's a J-swinging contest. Mm-hmm. Journalism. Well, if you saw yesterday, Jimmy Jimmy Leonard, the <laughs> defensive coordinator for the Badgers, then interim head coach, uh, said he will not be coming back to Wisconsin after the guaranteed rate bowl. He's done. He said, thanks, but no thanks. Fickle, I appreciate you. Yada, yada, yada. I love my time at Wisconsin. But no no, thanks. It's just not for me anymore. Well, if you have rewind the tape a little bit, there was an entity, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, that had reported that Jim Leonard was indeed the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, could be reporting it soon uh, to the team. Yep. Well, that, uh, Luke Fickle's the head coach. And then it went to, uh, well, Fickle's going to be getting $6 million. Well, Fickle's getting what, Rowdy? 7.9? Yeah, 7.8, I believe the annual average salary was. A little off. Then it was reported, same entity, that Jim Leonard's coming back as Wisconsin's defensive coordinator. Well, I just told you, Jim Leonard just said he's not. (laughs) He had a a big post about it. So, you know, thanks for the time. Appreciate everything along the way. But, yeah, not for me. Well, that was all from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel saying that when Jeff Petrikas. And now I love this. (laughs) Colton Bartholomew from the Wisconsin State Journal. Yep. I love these tweets, man. Uh, let's see here. Where does it start, RJ? Uh, he talks about how Leonard would be a brilliant DC, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you could probably just start at the... He goes, our Badger staff yeah. has been hearing for a few days that Jim Leonard was out. There was about a two-hour window Saturday that we considered publishing it. We didn't because we didn't have it rock solid. I'm proud of how we handled it, said Colton Bartholomew. Uh, Then he says, breaking news is valuable and something we strive to do, but we're not going to risk being wrong first. I'm happy our reporters and editors operate this way. Uh, Lots more Badgers coverage coming at the the new stuff, BadgerExtra.com. Good stuff there. Mm -hmm. It's it's Big J and Big J violence. Yeah. That's how I'm kind of perceiving it, and I'm totally here for it. I love it while I watch it unfold (laughs) on Twitter. God, I love Twitter. A lot of people say Twitter's the the, the scrounge of humanity. No, 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 no. There's that in every walks of life. Twitter, though, you can find little gems like this. Big J on Big J violence. I dig it. Mm -hmm. I just sit back and watch it all unfold and just laugh. Because some of these guys get on Twitter and they totally talk down to all the people that follow them or read their stuff. They sit on this like big, you know, golden tower of theirs on a throne. This is what I do. We're not on the same level. Looking down on the plebes and the pleasants. I do this for a living. You are not on my level. You're right. I'm better than you. It's like... Why do you got to be a, a donkey to the people that read and subscribe and, you know, follow your stuff? Why can't you just kind of be like, like, Rowdy got, Rowdy got attacked one time for asking a question from another guy now since retired. Well, you, all you wanted to know, Rowdy, was something from an article about 
It was Brewers related. Yeah. What happened? It was a basic question about a couple of the players roster situations. And the guy essentially replied to me saying, did you read my article? <laughs> yes, and I, I replied, yes. And it didn't say in there, dumbass. <laughs> and that guy totally didn't want anything to do with you, Rowdy. He just talked down on you. You read the article. You gave him the click. You, you know, you ingested what he put out there in the ether and you had a follow up question because he didn't address it. And you got talked down to. Yeah. And then this is the same guy that was so dumb. <laughs> he didn't even vote for Devin Williams for the rookie of the year. Oh, and, yeah. Sorry. He put him third even though he watched him and covered him every day. And then when Devin Williams tweeted out how he was robbed for being on like one of the, you know, first, second, third teams for major league baseball, how he deserved to be on one of those. He was sticking up for him yet. He didn't even have, he didn't even put him on for number one or number two in rookie of the year, though. He watched him every day. Yeah. Guy's an idiot. It's just the smug attitude that rubs me the wrong way. It's like you can get a story wrong. You can get stuff wrong. I understand. It happens in everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like people, people are allowed to be wrong. But when you're a smug donkey about it, and I feel no remorse. I couldn't do it. Remember we were at um, – I couldn't do it. We were at a dinner <laughs> where, where said person was also supposed to speak. Yeah. I had to leave before. I couldn't even listen to him talk. <laughs> I did leave before. Our no, like have some humility a little bit. It's like when you just talk down to people and you think you're better than them for why I have no idea. You think you're better than me? It's, it's just, it just rubs people the wrong way. And then when stuff like this happens and from from what happened to Rowdy or what's happening right now, it's just like, it's like I get that stories can be wrong and you think you can have something some way, but when you're just a, Yeah, this man was robbed. He should have been on the all MLB team for a relief pitcher. Ah, why wasn't he there? But he's definitely not the rookie of the year. <laughs> I'm not voting for him. He's the best pitcher I've ever seen. But I can't vote him for rookie of the <laughs> yeah. year. Huh? Okay. 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 All right, so yeah, Jim Leonard, uh, making it official, not the DC. Uh, but RJ, also more... I don't know if it's bad news or just news in general. Oh. Isaac Garendo isn't in the transfer portal. He's saying no thanks to the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, I, he's, he's running the greener pastures. And like later in, in the day, we found out why. Ches Malusi already said he's coming back. Yep. And then you have Braylon Allen putting it out in the ether that uh, his sources are telling him he's staying. And then after his sources let him know, he put out an Instagram post. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Braylon Allen was a good one. <laughs> It's some guy. There was also some guy in our Facebook thing like, have you guys talked to Braylon Allen? Have you done this? Have you done that? It's like, Don't, well, Braylon Allen's the one that said listen to him. Yeah. If you go to his Twitter and listen to him, he's coming back. And then if you go to his Instagram account, he also follows he's it up back. with him coming back. So we did exactly what hey Braylon guys, Allen told us to do. And that's listen to, come back. to How do you know? Let's listen to him. How do you know, though? Did you talk to him? Did you call his parents? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we just listened to what he had to say. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but Braylon Allen coming back, I can kind of put that to bed with the Michigan stuff and the USC stuff. I mean, that's that's good. I've obviously. seen a lot of people freaking out about, oh, what's going on with all the Wisconsin Badgers putting themselves in the transfer portal? Well, this was going to happen when you have a coaching change, especially in this era of college football where players can leave at a whim with the NIL and the extra COVID year eligibility still having the the grad transfer and the one-time free transfer, all all that stuff. This was going to happen, especially when you have, you know, a change in in coaching and a change in leadership. But also, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that so far, there hasn't really been any big names outside of the Graham Mertz, and I would probably put Isaac Rendo as number two on that list. Oh, yeah. There hasn't been there hasn't been a ton of huge names that you're like, oh man, we're losing so and so on this roster. We can't replace him. Did you guys think there would be more by this time? I mean the portal opened on I thought Monday. once you heard the Jim Leonard news that more guys would jump in the portal. Now clearly there's still a lot of time for them to do so. But I, if if Braylon Allen was one of the guys that said, I'm here as long as Coach Leonard is here, and he announced that he was staying after Jim Leonard said he's not going to be staying, yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like you would have had a lot more people around the same time that Braylon Allen announced that he was staying come out and say, I'm leaving. Yeah. yeah. Now, there, again, there's still like over a, what, a month or two left that they can leave and put themselves in the portal and not be penalized for the upcoming season. 
So maybe, which I would actually say this is probably the smart thing to do, is weigh all your options. Don't just throw a, a, I'm in the portal just to throw yourself in the portal. We already talked about yesterday, 54% of players since they really started this transfer portal never find a home. Right. That means half of you are going to end your career by prematurely throwing yourself in the portal. Yeah, well, and didn't, your own accord. didn't last year, it well, went Only 30% down, yeah. found home. I think it was 28%. So you had 20 to 30%. 72%. But that's Didn't find a home. still yeah. 30 to 50% of kids when they put themselves in that transfer portal think they're going somewhere. That's why they put themselves in that portal. Yeah. And it, like we talked yesterday, that little cartoon. I'm number three on the depth chart. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out of here. All right. Well, well now you're I'm not even on a depth yeah. chart. <laughs> I, I'm actually, I actually think so far. I your parents' depth chart. Who's the best kid? If Wisconsin can nail down some of these recruits where all of a sudden Luke Fickle and his guys are taking pictures and these recruits are tweeting out that, uh, you know, loving the visits from coach and, you know, his crew essentially, or some of the former Cincinnati guys that are talking about, well, I'm decommitted or I've reopened my recruiting process and all this. If they land some of those kids, that greatly outweighs what they've lost right now. Yeah. Greatly. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I haven't heard anyone committed uh, say they're coming to Wisconsin yet, but it'll happen eventually. Yeah. Have you heard anyone else? That's like, Again, they have until a lot of the rumors. We will know what this roster days. looks like for the most part by early February. Yeah. It's starting uh, Monday that happens. 45 days of the window is open. Yeah. Before, so. um, what We're like a week and a half away from early signing day. Yeah. And if you are indeed going to do an uptick in your recruiting. You either have to blow a kid away with your pitch and to get him to sign early. If you're actually going to be going for those higher recruits to get them on early signing day, but Wisconsin could start becoming more of a team. That is that February signing day. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So more, more will be revealed on all of this. It'll be a, be an interesting time in Wisconsin. We'll get some good players. In. But I will say this about Luke fickle because of all the turnover and the fact that Wisconsin was operating without a recruiting department for eight months post 2020, there is some work to be done for this, uh, yeah. this 2023 class. If they want it to be respectful, no doubt about that. How about this for a finisher? Greg guard, the silent assassin dressed like Dick Bennett last night as he's celebrating uh, legends throughout this season, celebrating 125 years. First, he was Bo Ryan for a while with that awesome yeah. cardinal suit coat with the gold buttons. The only thing missing was the scowl. And now last night... Can't wait till they honor the coach that won the national championship. I think the players should have to also honor... I feel like that'll be a tweed suit. The players should also have to honor the, the players have gone by. So if they do honor the national championship team, I need every player out there wearing those tiny little nut huggers or, like they're back in the 40s. Or at least some throwbacks. I need the short shorts. Bring it back. And the long socks and the belt on the shorts. How cool was the belt on the shorts, dude? Come on. I mean, they didn't have elastic. How cool was They didn't have elastic then. They had to have a belt. All right. No. But the game itself, I mean, for a while there, it looked like Dick Bennett was coaching as uh, Wisconsin could not put the ball in the cylinder in the final, what, four minutes and change. Yeah. The defense, though, just clamped Clamping. down. And Maryland's head coach is like, my God, I didn't realize how physical this team was. We weren't prepared for it right away. Yeah, well, uh, Badgers were just stifling. They went 64-59 to in you know Maryland, their first loss. That guy? You don't watch film. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> like, going back even to Dick Bennett, you don't watch film. You don't watch film, brother. What a win. I would say overall, yeah, the Wisconsin Badgers team continues to win games that I think most people don't think they should. Weirdly enough, they were favored in that game. They not only won, but they covered. They covered. You know and what they say. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Chucky Hepburn continued to stay hot, yeah. shooting the basketball. Connor Asijin hit some. I know he only had two two made oh, shots, but they, but made, they were clutch big-time shots mattered. when they needed them. Yeah. And you know what? Because I've bashed them quite a bit, I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh-oh. Jordan Davis hit some big shots. Hey, Gilmore had some good minutes too, Rowdy. Outside of his free throw line, Gilmore. <laughs> well, was, everyone in the free throw line sucked. Everyone was pretty bad on the free throw line. Actually, 
The season it was two really, for two. yeah, it Pepper really three the, for three. the the free throw line wasn't bad outside of they're fifteen Wall and twenty five and Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Wall and Gilmore missed the majority of those free throws. Yeah, Crowell four for six, Davis one for two. It was a nice win. When is Bucky going to get ranked here? I mean, they hung their their losses. Kansas, the what were they, the third or fourth team in the they country? Were right third. Third? Yep. They should have won that game. And then the Wake Forest game where the Badgers, you know, their defense was suspect. And Wake yeah. Forest is a fringe NCAA team. Yeah. Badgers last night, though, undefeated Maryland, ranked 13th in the country. They clamped down and got a nice effing win at the Kohl Center. Well, that was a badass win. The issue here is now what's issue? everybody. What's the, what's the issue, dude? <laughs> is everybody sees that the. Number 10 team in the Big Ten's winning all of a sudden, and they don't want to admit they're wrong, so they're not going to rank them. That's fine. I mean, it's fine. You keep building your resume. Well, now they play Iowa next, and Iowa just got beat by Duke. Duke, Duke. yeah, Duke beat them 74-62. Certainly Duke. And how about Illinois, 17th team in the country? They beat number two Texas last night, 85 to 78. Let's go Big Ten. Big Ten, big stage. Let's go. So Not going to cheer for you in season? (laughs) <laughs> but like, if you're hey, but not the, conference, but go the, for yeah, it. it's it's Texas. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Cool. I should take conference season. So hook em. When it's non-conference in the NCAA tournament, I absolutely root for the Big Ten. Do I pick them in my bracket anymore? No, because they always fail me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When's the last team to make uh, win it all? Michigan State, two thousand. Yes, something. Two thousand one. Yeah, but uh, we were worried about you know <laughs> you know Big Ten, big stage, big men. Done a lot of good big men in the Big Ten. Yeah. Stephen Crowell held his own last night against sure what Reese. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing. It, so far in some of these biggest games, Crowell and Wall haven't gotten into foul trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for the most part, they've been able to stay out of foul trouble. I know Tyler Wall fouled out last night down the stretch, but still, for the most part, they've played not only good defense, but when they're on the bench, you see how much weaker the Wisconsin team is, yeah. and. They haven't put themselves in trouble. Uh, that defense was so good last night. The Terrapins entered shooting 49.3%, held to a season-low 38.2. And I also think it's pretty big that uh, all of a sudden the last few games, Chucky Hepburn has uh, broken out of his slump that he had early to start the season. Because remember, yeah. those first handful of games, Chucky Hepburn could not shoot the basketball, no. and he was taking a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Trying to shoot his way out of it. Well, he's been absolutely killing it since. Totally. Took, took the Brewers approach. Just hit your way out of this slump. <laughs> Just do it. Uh, the, the Brewers except were, he's now Except he succeeded. The, the Brewers. Not, <laughs> uh, so Wisconsin's last six games were decided by five points or fewer. And again, those two losses uh, in those five points or fewer, we just talked about Kansas and Wake Forest. So you look at Wisconsin, this defense, though, uh, they're uh, Bucky 6-0 and now when holding opponents to 60 points or fewer. I do see uh, King has brought up uh, the real story of the night. Kinger. Oh. <laughs> Banco demolishing that rim. Yeah. <laughs> who, who foots that bill? Uh, I would assume the Bucks will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Roddy? Uh, no, I'm looking at this team up and down, and I think outside Bango. of... Uh, McGee, who played sparingly only three minutes, it was pretty if evenly distributed for scoring. I mean, your low man was Max Klesment with seven points, and Chucky Hepburn led the team with 13. Everyone else was in between there. Yeah. And we had question marks whether this team was going to find guys that could shoot the basketball outside of Chucky Hepburn. I feel like they've kind of answered that. Klesmet's hit some big shots. I mean, Connor Asijin has been hitting huge shots. Even Kamari McGee in his limited minutes this year has hit some threes, knocked down some shots. Jordan Davis has had a couple good games. That'll be my pat on the back for him. <laughs> yep. But yeah, overall, Ooh. it's like some of the guys that they've played, they've actually shot the basketball much better than anticipated, yeah, at, totally. least, at least for my expectations. Bucky's looking good, man. I'm telling you. So also looking good, Greg Gard in that red sweater vest. Uh, how about this for? How about a news dump from Jim Leonard? He's like, "All right, I'm going to do this in the second half of the Wisconsin Badger basketball game. I ain't coming back." Now up next, yeah, the Iowa Hawkeyes on the road. Will you get a Fran freakout? Iowa. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing better than a Fran yeah. freakout, and it usually always happens against Wisconsin. Is that that boner still not around? Is he Bohannon? No, he yeah, he's done, right? He I think last year was his uh, last is, year of eligibility. Is McCaffrey's kid still on the team? 
Uh, yeah. Is that Boner gone too? I believe there's still a McCaffrey on the team. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's he had like three kids too. go through there. I would say if Wisconsin Badgers split with Maryland and then at Iowa and then run the table against the Lehigh Grambling <laughs> Western Michigan gauntlet. Hey. And they go to January. The, right. They turn the calendar to the month of January to the year 2023 at, at 10 and 3. That's a pretty darn good start to the season that I don't think most people thought Wisconsin had it in them. Okay. You got the doubters and the haters out there. Fourth and or better. Yes, I'm going to say win or lose in Iowa, this team is ra- ranked going into next Has week. Has to be. Has to be. Connor McCaffrey is a grad student, and Patrick McCaffrey is a redshirt junior. Oh, Patrick McCaffrey. Oh, a little lolly. So with COVID, he still probably has like two more years left. Yeah. Maybe three. Fran. <laughs> I think he freaks out so much because his name is Fran. I think that's... that's, I think yeah, that's he probably is. freaks out if somebody calls him Francis. Hey, Francis. We were talking about the Brewers. I did see a pretty funny tweet because uh, there were some teams showing interest in Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... The tweet was like, I wonder what these couple of Major League Baseball hitting uh, instructors see in Andrew McCutcheon that clearly the Milwaukee Brewers hitting coaches were doing wrong. Well, um, remember Jackie Bradley Jr.? Uh, It wasn't the hitting coaches. It was actually Jackie Bradley Jr., probably their doctor, the medical staff of the Brewers. Jackie Bradley Jr. couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with the Milwaukee Brewers. He went back to, what, the Red Sox? They're like, oh, yeah, dude, you just need... um, you had a stigmatism. Yeah, stigma in your eye. So let's just clear that up and obviously start hitting the ball again. Uh-huh. Uh, crazy. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, man. It's uh, Hey, speaking of baseball, so uh, two seasons ago, there was a big article out how the uh, Major League Baseball was using two different balls. They had like a live ball and then a dead ball. Well, guess what? A new study is out. This is from Insider.com. Major League Baseball was once again using two balls this year and new evidence coming out that there was a third ball in play. There was a dead ball. There was a ball that was really hot, a live ball. And then there was one in between called the Goldilocks ball. And a lot of these Goldilocks balls and hot balls were in Yankees games. I don't know if you saw this, Rowdy. Uh, Major League Baseball used balls in three different weighted groupings last season. The dead balls, the not hot balls, juice balls, and the Goldilocks balls. The Goldilocks balls, one in between. Um, so uh, the Goldilocks balls was uh, the weight average is roughly in the middle of the juice and the dead, so it's not too hot, not too cold. But what's wilder is where they found the Goldilocks balls. Uh, uh, last year, they didn't really have a pattern of where these balls would come up. But with this year, it was in the 2020 postseason was the the Goldilocks balls or regular season Yankee games, either Goldilocks or juice balls, and all the other locations, they were dead balls. And there might have been a couple of rowdy thrown to Albert Pujols. That oh, I'm been, sure there were. Go look, that go were juice look balls. at uh, Albert Pujols splits in the first half versus the second half, and it's a completely different player. Uh, oh, yeah, he started just... Remember when he said, like, I'm fine if I don't get to 700, blah, 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 and then all of a sudden he just went on a tear... Just yeah, like the last right. two months of the season, he was just cranking home runs. So in um, in the postseason, you really see a huge jump uh, in these balls they collected of the Goldilocks balls, where it's a little more on the juice side. But a lot of Yankees games, a ton of Yankees home games, have the juiced or the Goldilocks balls. They found literally no dead balls in the Yankees games. Well, clearly in Major League Baseball, if that is true, where there were some of the juice balls at Yankee Stadium and at Yankee games that clearly featured Aaron Judge, well, Aaron Judge can thank them for the huge contract and betting on himself. Uh, he can thank them for that additional, what, $130 million? Yeah. And now I think uh, this is very interesting because remember when the <laughs> Houston Astros were caught cheating? They're yep. caught cheating, banging on trash cans, potentially having buzzers in their jerseys and stealing signs. And then Rob Manfred came out and said that it was, you know, chill out. It was just a hunk of metal that they're playing for, <laughs> even though he's the commissioner of baseball. Yeah. Is this once again, Major League Baseball essentially coming out and saying that they helped 
they help cheating? Well, it's not. It's not. MLB's not saying it. Business Insider conducted their own little investigation, but I mean, you could look into. No, this. no, I'm yeah. saying when the when the steroid era was going on, Bud Selig knew. Oh, totally. He yes, just yes. shoved it under the rug and looked the other way until it benefited him to come down on the players. What I'm saying is. Major League Baseball sounds like they're doing it again with a, you know, a Aaron Judge home run chase to beat Roger Maris's AL record and or what some people see as the clean record. Yeah. But is it really clean if Aaron Judge got to use juice baseballs? Well, here's this. At a press conference uh, before the 2022 All-Star Game in July, Rob Manfred, the Major League Baseball commissioner, acknowledged that the league had used two baseballs the previous year as Insider.com reported. He chalked up the ball variance, though, Rowdy, in 2022 due to a COVID-era manufacturing issue at the Rawlings plant in Costa Rica. Remember Justin Verlander came out and said there's two different balls? Yep. And people say he's a conspiracy theorist? Yeah, and basically because they're like, oh, he's just you know gave up a few home runs here. He's, he's blaming it. Well, it turns out that that was true. But remember, if I remember correctly, didn't they try to blame it on Rawlings because Rawlings was making the ball and they were winding them tighter? Yeah. Now it's a COVID-era manufacturing issue for 2022 of why they had two balls. Well, just think about this. They were using machine-wound baseballs back when they had the quote-unquote juice balls that were being wound tighter. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they they were, I know before it was a lot of hand wound stuff, so clearly it can't be made as tight as a... And didn't, didn't Major League Baseball buy Rawlings? Like, didn't they buy... Imagine, imagine this. If Roger Maris in the 60s was using hand-woven baseballs that they also didn't change the baseball in and out every two pitches. No, they were just... <laughs> so I'm sure that ball was beat to hell if it was being used for 10, 15 pitches, just for an example. Uh-huh. And it didn't have the pop. It'd be a little deader th- of a ball. That these balls currently have. Balls. Yet he still hit 61. Yeah. Is is that the clean record? Because remember, they were making the big to-do about Aaron Judge, the clean record, even though they have juice balls. <laughs> Proven right here that the Yankee Stadium, they had the, the, the juice balls out there. Uh, let's see here. Rob Manfred... Uh, the league had de- admitted that the league deliberately switched to new lighter debtor balls, but the pandemic closures and supply chain issues meant that it needed to dip into a reserve stock of the older, heavier, livelier balls for some 2021 games. They say they proclaimed the league did that the two balls were randomly distributed for use in games. Manford promised from the podium that that was all over. Quote, every baseball that's in use in 2022 was produced under the new manufacturing process, meaning the debtor ball and in fact, the process has resulted in a more consistent ball. Well, they just found out they're using three balls. Well, here's balls. this. How many do times you, can I say balls? Do you think that because recently where pitching has just, there's more and more guys that can throw harder and harder with nastier stuff and they're, they're pitching shorter periods so that you're seeing more and more arms in a game. Mm-hmm. Do you think because maybe they're like, Oh, we got to do something for the offense because all of a sudden pitching is just completely dominating the hitters. Here, let's throw them a juice ball so that when they do hit it, it's going to fly out of the park. I mean, but Instead of moving the mound back two feet, we're going to put in juice balls to make it more even. Yeah. I could see Major League, for, for all the crap that Major League Baseball has done over the years, you don't think that they... Um, inside, well, I agree with you. Insider.com said they attained two of the super juice balls June 5th when the Yankees matched up against the Tigers. Uh, we'd have to see what happened. June could you 5th. imagine? Could you imagine though being a oh, up and coming prospect? Like we'll just say we'll just use Kansas City for example. Kansas City was filled with a bunch of old aging veterans, quadruple A players that are probably never will be's, and then young young prospects that are very promising. Imagine landing there, trying to a extend your career or b get your career started. And all you get to use are the dead balls because no one gives an F about the Kansas City Royals versus the Tampa Bay Rays. But then when it's Boston and New York, they get to use the the juice balls balls. where all of a sudden it's like slugfest. The ball's on fire and you had three home runs in one game. Yes, yes. I mean, at what point do you get into a class class action lawsuit from these lesser players, from these lesser teams saying, 
Balls. I'm trying to make a career here, and I'm getting screwed. And you're juicing my balls. All the while. Not with PEDs. You, you juiced Aaron Judge's balls, and the dude just made an extra $130 million. I got some juice balls hanging, baby. I'm making 500K. He's making 130 extra million that he shouldn't have got. Does that explain why the Brewers suck at hitting? Because they got dead balls? This is hilarious to me. One Gregory Council, manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, was on MLB Network uh, two days ago. <laughs> I will never, I will never ever get over this. The trading of Josh Hader. I will never get over a team that's a front runner that sells and then say, "Oh, gee whiz, gee golly, I didn't think it would have such an effect on the team. I can't believe that trading away the best reliever in the game." Would have such a, a profound effect on her team. I'll never get over it. Will you ever get over it, Rowdy? It's probably one of the most biggest blunders a front office could ever do in the history of, of front offices. If they were going to trade Josh Hader from their perspective, I would understand, especially if that trade came this winter, like currently where we're at right now. But the fact that they did it in season with a lead in the NL Central when you are in theory in your window of winning a world series with the group of players that you currently have, it's unforgivable. It is unforgivable. Like I know we're going to play Craig council's comments and some of the things that he says, but I just, just, I don't get it. Like I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, how could you, how could David Stearns, how could Mark Ananasi, how could all of you, how could the entire Milwaukee Brewer Brain Trust not think that this wasn't going to end well? You think they're hanging like, off the other Brain Trust in Westport? Everyone else could have told you this was no good. Literally every, everyone. Well, let's hear from Gregory Council, the angry rooster himself. On MLB Network two days ago. It was tough. There's no question. And, um, you know, we we probably all underestimated just the impact that, you know, Josh had done a lot for the for the organization. Just he was a huge part of our success. Right. And um, let's trade him away. We had to make a very difficult decision regarding, you know, frankly, finances and, and, and managing the players and when they're going to become free agents and things like that. I'm going to pause it for a second here. After they traded away Josh Hader and then brought in Trevor Rosenthal, Mark Adonazio, the Brewers owner, and David, well, Mark Adonazio is like, whoa, actually with the addition of Trevor Rosenthal, we spent more money. We were spending more money. So when Craig's talking about they had to make financial decisions, why is Mark Adonazio out there then saying, well, we spent more well, money. It's also pretty funny because... They believed that they had done enough bringing in Matt Bush, bringing in Trevor Rosenthal, who was a question mark whether he would play or not that year, bringing in Taylor Rogers, who basically since late May of the season had been getting rocked and has only been decent or average at best in his career up until those really good two months with uh, San Diego. Mm -hmm. And then bringing in a McGee who had been good in the past, but it, him and Rosenthal were literally like, let's throw them in there. Let's see what they got. It's a low risk, high reward. If they pitch like they had in the past, neither of which worked out. Rosenthal never even pitched. McGee was on the team for maybe three weeks. And then it was just Matt Bush and, and Taylor Rogers. They really thought the combination of those four would make up for losing arguably the best relief pitcher in baseball since 2017 and arguably the best closer in baseball since 2019, even though he was having about a month and a half really rough patch. It's like when the guy, when whoever it was that invented the wheel, another guy was who's involved is like, you know what sounds better? Let's, let's make a square instead. That, that'll get us farther than this wheel. I have a square. Let's, let's drive on that. Here's more from Council. And it, it, it was a very difficult decision, and unfortunately it didn't work out uh, in, in terms of, you know, making the playoffs last year. Um, and, and we got to live with that. You know, we, we do. we got to live with that. Um, yeah, but, sit and stew. 
you know, and but we're going to probably have to. That's how it's going to have to work for us to sustain success. And, and we do want to sustain success. And we've set ourselves on a path of sustaining success. Bites of an apple, and Rowdy. We're really proud of that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, it's not easy what we've done in the past, right? Um, and so tough decisions are part of that. And there's tough decisions and there's dumbass the decisions. Before that one, which one? The what? clip before the one you just played with Craig Council talking about Josh Hader. Like the start, I, I just have one clip. So like, oh yeah, all right. Well, he says he said something to do with you know some of our moves were financial related, and I'm I'll, guessing I'll, I'll back it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna there's 20 seconds or 18 seconds left of this clip, and go. We didn't get that one right. It didn't work, and, and no doubt about it. You got to raise your hand and, and own it, right? But uh, that doesn't mean there's not another tough decision down the road. And, um, and that also doesn't mean that we're not going to be right there competing to get in the playoffs every single year because that's what we plan on doing. All right. Um, I was trying to find this about what you're talking about, Rodeo. Let's see here. Finances and, and, and managing the players and when they're going to become free agents and things like that. And it. It, it was a very difficult decision, and unfortunately, it didn't work out uh, in, in terms of, you know, making the playoffs last year. So he says finances, and you know when they're going to be free agents, and you know when it's time to get rid of them or extend them. Blah 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 blah. Well, the finances were Josh Hader was going to probably make between eleven and twelve million dollars this upcoming season through arbitration, and it was the final year of his arbitration. So it'd be the final year that Milwaukee would have him under contract at that reasonable bargain price. Yeah. So clearly, remember when they first came out and said this wasn't financial? He clearly just said it was. Uh, because if the Milwaukee Brewers really wanted to pay for top talent, you're going to pay Josh Hader $12 million to be your closer next year. It's clearly what it's about. But I also laugh because you talk about Mark Ananasio saying, we want to build a contender. You know, we want to be in this. We will put money in when we feel like we can win. Mm -hmm. The highest payroll the Milwaukee Brewers have ever had was about $137 million in team payroll. And that was in 2019 when they had Christian Yelich. Remember they signed the big deal a couple years before with Lorenzo Cain. That was when they signed Moustakis after trading for him in that deadline. They signed Yazimani Grandal to that big one-year deal. That was when their their uh, payroll ballooned to 137. Mm-hmm. We spent so much money. They have not gotten back to that number since they've been lower right now. They're projected uh, total payroll. If the season, uh, if the team enters exactly how it is now, granted there are a lot of arbitration cases out there, but for what the projected arbitration numbers would be, this current team payroll is about $112.5 million. Not even close. So it's not even close to the 137 that was the biggest amount of money that they've ever spent. And when you look at the contracts in Major League Baseball, you look at the money in Major League Baseball, and you look at the inflation, contracts are only going up and up. Inflation, for the most part, has only been going up and up here lately. And... The Brewers are continuing to cut payroll, but at the same time, they're not going into a full rebuild like a, you know, like a Kansas City Royal team that traded away all their pieces or got rid of most of their players and now have a bunch of quadruple A or young prospects playing for them. So it's like, what are you doing here? I know what he's doing. He's got to buy more ticket stubs from Jackie Robinson games gone by and more uh, stake into a English Premier League team. But it's like, Major League Baseball, I don't know if you saw this, but Major League Baseball actually popped up on a, I believe it was like a 40 fastest growing industries. Yeah. Really? That that just popped up the other day. Major League Baseball, one of the top 40 really? fastest growing industries. Interesting. Now... So that means more you money t- coming away. But again, that's like a that's like a, any type of study. If you take it one way, you can f- oh, make yeah, it, you can twist anything. it and turn it, yeah. But regardless... Major League Baseball, since 
COVID in 2020 has seen a little bit of a tick up. Yeah. Like NBA has been down. Yeah. NFL and Major League Baseball has been up. UFC has been up. But Major League Baseball has been one that has been up. And the funniest thing is the Milwaukee Brewers payroll isn't going up. They also got the Disney money, which was $30 million to every single team straight to their coffers. You still don't see them spending the money right now. Yeah, they made a trade with Jesse Winker and, and Colton Wong, which I give a thumbs up. But still, that's not a trade. That's a trade that is positive for your team. That's not a trade that all of a sudden makes you a contender. Like that doesn't all of a sudden put the fear of, of God in the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, let's see here. Uh, X-Ray Punk on Twitch says, I saw that list, Rowdy. Crocs made that list, too. Secondhand Smoke John says, Four Loco was also on that list. Did they go back to their original recipe? Secondhand Smoke John? Original Four Loco? I'll get you twisted. But it's like, it's you're being you're being sold a bunch of false goods here. Especially when they're saying oh, they can't no spend more. Or that, you know, we're limited. Even though they're pulling in all this money here and yet they're still cutting salary. But telling you, you know what? We can still potentially make the playoffs. Rowdy, they're pissing on your leg and telling you it's raining. I'm telling you, there's all... You had to sign Christian Yelich to the deal that they did because at that time... You had a MVP that should have been a back-to-back MVP. And he was still in the age range where that type of money with that type of length contract was solid. Mm -hmm. It just went to crap because all of a sudden Christian Yelich went to crap. And it's unfortunate, but it's nothing you can do. The the Brewers made the the, the right move. But that's the thing. The only guys that you should have been looking to lock up were... Yelich, unfortunately, it backfires. Josh Hader, you traded away for now what you're regretting. And Corbin Burns. And the last time we heard from Corbin Burns, he's talking about how <laughs> they his, haven't heard anything. His guys haven't heard anything from the Brewers. And now, granted, doesn't necessarily they have to be because he still has this year and this upcoming year and the following year. But you would like to get something done here sometime within the next year. You would like to. Those are the only three guys in my mind that were worth locking up long term for a legit big long term, long term type contract. We're still having the Milwaukee Brewers declining Brad Boxberger's three million dollar <laughs> option as a solid seventh inning man. All while teams like the Philadelphia Phillies go out and get a serviceable, solid seventh inning man like a Brad Boxberger and give him seven and a half million a year. Brewers are going to Imagine thinking you're going to compete and you're going to beat teams like that. You're, you're missing the big picture here. It's not about the whole apple. It's about bites of the apple. You got to nibble at it every year. That way you can fill the pockets of Mark Adonacio so you can go buy more sports memorabilia and maybe more steaks in sports teams across the pond. It's bites of an apple, little nibbles. He thinks it tastes good. We might think oh, it's a, sure, a bad I'm apple, sure but he Mark, thinks it tastes good. I'm sure Mark Adonacio and David Stearns and all those guys love their bites at the apple. But I've been kicking around in my mind basically since the Jesse Winker trade you want for a the spliff Milwaukee to Brewers. And you know Spliff has been? Yes. What I was thinking was you hear a lot about the Milwaukee Brewers and some of these teams and and maybe we talk about, you know, said guy is being traded to the Brewers. Oh, that bat should play up. He's a left-handed power bat. That should play up at American Family Field, which I almost feel like when you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, we've seen them be really, really good in the regular seasons, much better than expectations. We've seen them get to the playoffs and then all of a sudden can't hit. Here's one of the theories that I was kicking around. If you're the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Phillies or the Cubs who can basically go out there and buy whoever you want, or you can throw a lot of money at players, it doesn't matter. You you can just go and get essentially the best players available. But when the Milwaukee Brewers try and build and they try to do it frugally, by throwing money at, you know, this guy actually, his his swing and his analytics really play to our stadium. That's half the season. And then most of the time, if you're not the best team, you're on the road. Do you think that maybe this could be a reason why some of the Brewers struggle hitting is because the team has been built around American Family Field, or in the past it's been built to play at Miller Park, where, yeah, you play half your games. Well, don't you think if you can hit, you can hit? Once you, yeah, but there's a thing where, like, if you're a power bat in Milwaukee, 
and you hit from the left side, it's more favorable for more home runs, especially if you're a pull hitter, than the opposite. So you'd rather have a you'd rather give a chance to a higher ceiling power bat and Jesse Winker than like a right handed guy that would say be the same exact profile. Like Andrew McCutcheon. Exactly. <laughs> well that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> Do we think that maybe this is some of the struggles there? They look pretty good for half a year because they play in a field that shows that they're better than what they actually are. Then when you finally get to the higher level games, you're not necessarily in your own stadium. These guys kind of go back to earth and then not to mention not playing them for three weeks. I don't know. I was under the guys. If you can hit, you can hit. Like yeah, but now with analytics, you can find these different analytics where, where how the guy yeah. swings with his bat path, with you know how the how far out right center is if he's a left hander, or you know left center is if he's a right hander, and if he pulls the baseball versus. It's a lot of like, hey, this player really fits this stadium, and like that's where it's going. I to. can see. Well, I can see him getting just totally blind or just. Zeroed in on analytics and only but blinded. By if you're it. like Christian Yelich and you're like 2020, well, 2021, and like first half of 2022, Christian Yelich doesn't matter what field you could go to Oak Knoll and Stoughton, he'd still suck. <laughs> What's the field around here that doesn't have a fence? Oh, Albion. Yeah, he, he, I mean, there's multiple fields around here. He wouldn't even hit it out of the park in Albion when there's no fence. Evansville doesn't have one. Wouldn't even hit it out. Oh, what the hell was I gonna say? There's something. Hilarious. This has nothing to do with hitting, but Jesse Winker is also an atrocious outfielder. <laughs> Have you seen Christian Yelich's arm out there? Well, that's the thing. Is I Winker, don't, don't let like, the Gold Glove fool you for Christian Yelich. He's did you Winker, really like, think that the Brewers would go a year and actually let Keston Hira be a full time DH? Uh, <laughs> they're going to need Winker to be a DH. That's what I'm saying. Did you really think that they would allow Kristen or Keston here to have a legit <laughs> season where he could show whatever he yeah. can do? Oh, this uh, Trevor on Twitch says, I think Yelich's average will increase a lot given the ban of the shift. Um, yeah, because a lot of those pounded ground balls will. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. Pounded the group. other thing, though, is it's like, okay, yeah, well, his might increase, but here's the other a lot of other guys that just pull the baseball, their averages yeah. are going to go way up too. Yeah. So it's not just like it's a Christian Yelich thing where it's like, oh man, maybe the Brewers should the do perfect- this. They had one hitting coach last year. They had two. Now this year they need three. Uh, it, it it sounds overly simplified. What having three hitting coaches? Why they're struggling? But they, they're good players, just don't play well anymore. Like, it's if, like once they changed the name to American Family Field, it went all down. I don't know like what it if is. If they could get a consistent season, a full season from Adamus and everybody, then, yeah, the team can win a lot of games. But the guys you're paying the money to just haven't played well for a couple years. But the thing about that is, like, at the time, Christian Yelich being on the deal that he was, you got an MVP season out of him. You had basically a back-to-back MVP seasons before following that ball off his kneecap. And you had to do the deal. The deal at the time was a well, home run. I'm not run. saying you couldn't have done it. I'm just like the reason they are struggling. I don't know if it has to do with building your team around American Family Field. I think it's more building it around guys and then having some bad luck with how they end up well, playing. I also think it has to do with being cheap. Well, of of course, you had to do the deal, and it's it absolutely sucks that Christian Yelich has been as bad as as what he has. But you can't do anything about that. You when you have the opportunity to sign a player that was playing at that level, you have to take the opportunity. But outside of that, it's like okay, Christian Yelich in twenty nineteen when they did it, and then it's like okay, well Josh Hader, well you trade him. Okay, well Corbin Burns, well they're not even talking to his camp. Maybe a Woodruff. No one else is worth extending. The Willie Adamas money is going to be crazy for what how good he actually is in two years and for what he would be going, uh, how good he would be moving forward. The money they would have to pay him, there's no way a frugal organization like the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be willing to pay what he is going to command for what he actually does. And And there's really no one else on this team worthy of that you're just going to be cycling players and then trying to patch it together with players that have had good years in the past and trying to hope that they hit and we saw that in 2020 because for the most part David Stern since uh, 2017 had been pretty solid at that you know hitting on a lot of these guys were like man I don't know about this one but 2020 was the disaster and thank god it was only a two-month season because 2020 (laughs) was where he missed on literally every acquisition 
Huh? Yeah, the first team ever below 500 to make they the playoffs. Make the playoffs. And expanded COVID playoffs. Wait, hang on. Hang on a second. That team remember, hang on, remember hang on, hang on, hang on, that hang on, team. Hang on, remember hang on. that hang team. On. Just, I just had an epiphany. Are you saying positive good news for the Brewers making the playoffs and expanded playoffs? Um, you just said they made the playoffs. We don't and you talk grin, like that with the and Badgers, you, and you grinned ear to ear. Well, I'm not saying they deserve to do it. Well, you said it in a very happy tone. No, you started smiling. No, 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 no. no, they made it because it's funny because they weren't. A good and now, team. now do college football playoffs for 12 teams? Oh yeah, they don't deserve to make it. <laughs> do you guys 100%. remember? Do you guys remember uh, Justin? You're Smoke? lowering standards for excellence. Do you guys remember Justin Smoke? Yeah. Do you remember a guy named Brock Holt? Yeah, you know Luke Holt from Arrested Development. Those were all guys that were like so bad, so bad in in 2020 that you try to like block them out of your mind because David Stearns missed on literally every player that they signed in 2020. And thank God it was just a collection of misfit toys that were gone within the year. But that's what happens when you don't get it right. And he was right a lot of the times, but that's how bad it is. Did you hang a 2020 postseason banner in your room? I definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know what my room looks like. Don't d- don't try to twist my words. The way I talk. What do you mean? Don't don't try to be, make me into this playoff expansionist. You just were smiling ear to ear about the be- the Brewers making well, the playoffs. You know, you know why Ben? Yeah. You know why he had a lot of extra room for that uh, banner for the 2020 Brewers is because he was saving space from the 2012 Phillies to the 2022 Phillies. Oh, so he's had go. ten de- he had ten years. <laughs> we said no we Phillies talk on air today. Someone's bitter. We said no Phillies talk on air today. I say good morning to one young Ben Kenny. Good morning. Good morning, good morning Ben. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I am good. That's good to hear. Uh, how did Kenny and Heilprin go last night? Sands Heilprin. It, it was good stuff. We got him on. Talked about Braylon Allen's return, which I'm excited to discuss. Hell yeah. Talked about Isaac Rendell. We talked about when Jim Leonard would make a decision, which clearly. Oh, all right. Real quick. All right. I'm glad you bring that up. I don't want to jump any guns here. Ben. You have five minutes. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. As a staunch defender of journalism. <laughs> ben. There has been some big J's in question yeah. as of these past week and two weeks and change. A lot of stories have been getting wrong about one Jimmy C. Leonard. Actually, nothing one right. reporter has gotten all the stories wrong. C- correct. Okay. But as a staunch defender of journalism and journalism now being questioned, especially coming from the Milwaukee, State, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Jeff Patrikas, can you, and I will give you five minutes, defend journalism? T-minus five minutes. Should I talk for the whole five minutes? Well, you, it's your time to use with you. All right. Just say it probably strengthens your case. I mean, all all that I could say is, uh, as is the case with many other professions and areas of life, <laughs> the, the entirety should not be defined by the actions of one. Uh, yeah, it's been a tough couple weeks, and a lot of stuff that was reported did not happen. <laughs> The opposite happened. Actually, it, everything that was reported didn't happen. Sorry, it's just his time. It's your time. Sorry. I'll, give you, I'll give you 10 seconds back. Sorry. The, the judge. Sorry, sh- shut up. Shut up. His time. If it had come from many different people, then I can understand batting or raising further eyebrows. The, uh, the, the bigger issue at play here, I, I would argue, is the structure of college sports and, and how closed off people often are. Uh-huh. Um I, I can't really say much to defend the reporting that was inaccurate. T-minus We've clearly reached a, a conclusion, so and, and that's cool. behind us. So I will defend the, the veil of journalism as a whole. Ooh, the veil. And say that uh, there there's still great journalism out there. There's there's still great journalists. I urge everyone to, to seek those out and follow them. Ben Z. Kenny on Twitter? I am not a journalist. Oh. By no means. No, I'm not a big J. Uh, but there are so great small J's out there. Would you consider Zach Heilprin, our sports director, a big J? No, and I don't think he would either. I, he's a big J. He's a big J that I like. Maybe a small J, medium J. So I consider him a bald J. <laughs> I don't really have much else to say. I, okay, I'll defend the profession while separating it from certain mistakes that are made. So now the you, acts of one don't define the whole. Correct. So you have been. Is your argument over? Or defense over, not I mean, argument. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all. You I have been say. defending journalism. Minus three minutes. But will you attack this person who? All right, so it's over. All right, I'll set the timer off. Three messages in and says, "I think you mean the Milwaukee urinal sentence." <laughs> <laughs> will you attack that that's person? Funny. That is pretty funny. I I will not attack anybody. I don't attack people. Ben, that was up. For being put on the spot and not knowing what was going to come thrown your way, that was well done. That was a good... Yeah, as a as a holder of a journalism yeah. degree. As a gatekeeper. And some... I am by no means... So, yeah, so you you are some degree of a J then because you have a journalism degree. Yeah, but I, I didn't get into journalism. But do you I have a degree? Do you have the degree, yes? Yes, I learned how to be one. I'll call you small J then. <laughs> He's a small J. I would disagree. <laughs> okay. okay. It's, it's your... Because as soon as I say I'm a J, then... The stuff I put out on Twitter would then have to be like I I, I do a lot of thoughts and opinions. See, I I consider myself an entertainer. Rowdy, what do you consider yourself? A conduit to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference, but I hope it's, it's a funny. Rob Reichel reference. Ah, or actually, that's more of a <laughs> no. Big, it's not. No, sorry, that's not. That's a who used that before? A different person. Oh yeah, different. That is in the same line of business. A conduit to the. I love that one. What do you consider yourself, Ben? A host. Uh, somewhat of a fanalist. Ooh, a fanalist. That's a good word. Where, uh, yeah, love the teams. I, I also <laughs> fanalist. I've I've not heard that. That's good. Sometimes I try to put my fandom aside to look at things with a with a clear clear <laughs> mind. God, but if I were to go out there and seek out a a check mark and a large J next, you got to pay eight dollars for it now. Then the things that I've tweeted, like the fact that. Leonard's not coming back, and maybe there will be some portal stuff. I don't know that as fact. I'm not. I'm you're not just you're just anything. throwing musings out there, I, wondering. Making it very clear. I'm just saying. I, I'm. Your fanalytics could happen. Your fan analysis, fanalysis. Exactly. At Benzie Kenny on Twitter. <laughs> so that's where we are. K e n n e y. That was a good defense, though. That was that was well done. So one one person does not describe an entire group of people. Yes. Right. Like and that, sure that, that goes for every walk of life. Not to name names. Don't name names. Sure, there's some radio hosts that you aren't a fan of. But does that radio host work? Grant Bills. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I like, down I like Grant. You weren't work? supposed to name names. Sorry. I like Grant. No, it doesn't. I was just kidding. That was a joke. Yes. Ben can't. Oh, I mean, what? Let's see here. Well done, Ben. Congrats. That was good. 